what you're feeling or what you're going through. This is let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's 
Identify who we are, what we are, and our potential is by who you say we are. And you said that we are more than conquerors, more that we're children of the Most High God, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. That defines who we are. Told me who I am. 
in this time of praising you. We give you our lives as a worship, as an act of worship, God. I lay down my life. I give you my heart. For you are worthy of every part. You are worthy of every part of me.
to Jesus I surrender all to you I freely give and I will ever love and trust you in your presence I have is yours. I lay it all on the altar. It's all on the altar. you 
says, God, Lord, don't let it be empty words. Don't let it be empty words that we're singing, Father, but bring to our, our thoughts, God, what these words mean to lay everything we have, to lay our hearts, lay our minds, our strength, our bodies, our soul, our spirit, our talents, our abilities, everything that is within us, God, we lay down. Pause worship to you. Worship to you Cause I will be A living sacrifice And all my heart And my soul To glorify I offer nothing less Than all of my life Jesus Christ, all for nothing else but you, Lord. I lay it all down for you, all for nothing less than all my life for Jesus Christ. You know, that's the simplicity of the gospel. It's Jesus 100%. And we follow him 100%. We lay down everything. We pick up his cross and we follow him. I mean, I think sometimes we make Christianity too confusing, too hard. It's follow Jesus. Go after him with all our hearts. I mentioned Sunday that the biggest problem with the living sacrifice is it tends to crawl off the altar. But when someone loves you as much as Jesus does, 
then you know whatever he's doing, he's doing for your good. That's the word of God. For God works all things good. Together for our good. Who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's working a purpose in our lives. And that's why we gather here. But that's why we worship him. That's why we're so thankful for who he is and what he's done. He sought us out. It wasn't us seeking him. It was he's seeking us out. Because he has something so much bigger than any of us can ever imagine. Aren't you glad he came and found you? Aren't you glad he came and found you tonight? Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. You were the living sacrifice. You were the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. That so whosoever would believe in you should not perish but have everlasting life. Holy Spirit, tonight, would you just guide us in the direction that you want to go? what you want said and what you want done. That's why we gather here tonight. It's your kingdom come, Jesus, and your will be done here on earth as it already is in heaven. And we pray this in your holy name tonight. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a couple moments and just turn and greet somebody, wave at them, shake their hand or whatever. the Lord. <clears throat> so good to see y'all tonight. Praise God. Some, some, of, some of you are thinking, this is Wednesday. Where's Josh? Where's Pastor Josh? <laughs> he try, no, he, he's trying to get some roofs on some other houses and down in New Orleans. He said, can you please cover for me so I can come home? And so I said, sure, no problem, because I've got something I've been just itching to get to and, and, and so this, this is going to work out perfect. And um, I do want to remind you, thank, thank you that, um, uh, you know, your faithfulness and your giving. But I do want to remind those that if, about the BGMC challenge. I think it ends this weekend. And, and uh, let's see, uh, Pastor Tracy already got made into an ice cream sundae. And they've got enough now that it's, I can't remember who is it. Is it Pastor Tiger who's got to shave his beard, right? And, and I think there's almost enough for Pastor Nick. Yeah. It, 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 so, I mean, if you want to give something to BGMC, that's, that's the goal. If they can raise 3,000, and they're over 2,000 plus, I know. So if you raise 3,000, Pastor Nick got to shave his beard. 3,500, Pastor Josh said he'd shave that gorgeous red beard off of him. <laughs> he said, how much would it take for you, Pastor Bob? I said, 50 grand. <laughs> I said, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I said, I've, done, I've, I've paid my dues. I've done that when I was a youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> An associate pastor. Amen. Uh, 
Well, I want to get into this because we're going to we're going to spend time in prayer at the end because that's what that's what Wednesday night's focus really is, is prayer. But I want to share something with you out of the Word of God and a couple points, and then we're going to pray. And I'm going to be reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 10. Now, this may sound familiar, and that's because just a few weeks ago when Lydia Myra was here, she preached or she read some scriptures from this chapter. I thought she was going to actually preach my message that I had been waiting to kind of bring, but she went a different direction, and that was fine. So I'm just going to read this so we have a background, and then we're going to, look, we're going to break it down real quick. And it says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Make two trumpets of hammered silver for calling the community to assemble and for signaling the breaking of camp. And when both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before the entrance of the tent of meeting. And this was basically the portable tabernacle in the wilderness. It was called the tent of meeting. And uh, it says, but if only one trumpet is blown, then only the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, must present themselves to you. And verse 5 says, when you sound the signal to move on, the tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle must break camp and move forward. And when you sound the signal a second time, the tribes camped on the south will follow. And you must sound short blast as the signal for moving on. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. It says, but when you call the people to an assembly, blow the trumpets with a different signal. Obviously, if they just blew the same signal every time, then nobody would know what it, what it is, right? So there's obviously different ones. God's telling them, first of all, make these, these silver trumpets, long silver trumpets. They have to be hammered out, out of silver. And um, then he's telling them how to use it. He says, but when you call the people to an assembly, blow the trumpets with a different signal. And verse 8 says, only the priest, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. And this is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. And verse 9 says, and when you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies who attack you, sound the alarm with the trumpets. Obviously, this again is a different sound, okay, but with the same trumpets. And he says, then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. And then verse 10 says, blow the trumpets in times of gladness too, sounding them at your annual festivals and at the beginning of each month and blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and peace offerings and the trumpets will remind your God of his covenant with you. I am the Lord your God. And I've simply titled this the sound of the silver trumpets. So there's a few points I just want to make before getting into the uh, prayer tonight. But I mentioned that several weeks ago, Lydia talked about the trump these silver trumpets. And she talked about um, the sounding. It says when one sounds, then the tribes that are camped on the east of the tabernacle would leave first. And when they sound another sound, then the ones camped on the south, they would leave next. And she, she stopped there going on with her message and everything. But she didn't address the part that I want to look at tonight. And so what we find here in, in Numbers chapter 10 is God not only telling them how to make these trumpets, but what they were for and how to use them, okay? And what's noteworthy, at least to me, is that in almost every place in the Old Testament where they refer to tr the word trumpets or trumpets, it's the, it's the word used for shofar. How many of you have ever seen a shofar, a ram's horn, right? 
That's what we think of when you think of trumpets. That's what the Bible speaks about, okay? But the words here are, are is a different Hebrew word altogether. And so it shows some significance that God has given it a different word, but using the, in other words, they're trumpets, but obviously having a different meaning there. They were not to be, they were not to come from a ram's horn. They were to be specifically made a certain way, made of silver, not poured like in a cast either, not cast in silver, but hammered in silver. And then um, they were to meet certain specifications. And so this is not going to be an exhaustive study at all. I'm going to quickly go over the first three things so I can get to the last two points. And there were five specific functions, and we've already kind of talked about a few, so I'm just going to go right through them. But the first one is the first function was to call the whole congregation of Israel to come together to the tent of meeting to worship God, to meet with God, okay? Uh, verse 3 says, when both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before you at the entrance of the tent of meeting. What's interesting is a year before this, before they got to this place, a year before, the Israelites had come out of the, they were in the wandering and they came to Mount Sinai. If you remember this, they came to Mount Sinai and God told Moses to tell the people, uh, sanctify yourself for three days for on the third day, the Lord is going to come down and meet with you. And the purpose of that was for 400 plus years, they'd been in Egypt in a land filled with many gods and God was going to reveal himself to them uh, on this third day. So he said, Basically, you've come out of Egypt, but you still got Egypt in you, so you need to sanctify yourself, wash your clothes, the whole thing. He said, for on the third day, I'm going to meet you. And um, so uh, God announced himself, and look at this in Exodus 19. It says, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very long, loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. And if you go back and read the rest of the story, the people gathered near the foot of the mountain, but they were fearful to go any further. And they said, we're not going up there. Moses, you go find out what God wants. Come back and tell us, and we'll do whatever you say, but we're not going up there. And yet they had received the invitation from God to go up there. So, but what's interesting is on the day that God decides to reveal himself to his people who have been in Egypt for 400 plus years with multitudes of gods throughout the land, what's the one thing that's there? And there's a loud, long trumpet blast. Okay, just hang on to that, that thought for a moment, okay? So the first point of the silver trumpet was that when they both sound a specific way, all the people were to gather at the tent of meeting. And remember, we're not talking about like 150 people or something like that. We're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that came out of Egypt, okay? The second reason for the, the sounding of the trumpets is that when only one trumpet was blown, God was wanting to talk to the leaders of the, of the chiefs of the tribes of Israel, and they were to come, okay? So if only one trumpet sounds, immediately the heads of the tribes would go and to meet with God. If all the trumpets sounded, all the people went. The third thing was that the call... Uh, if they heard a, a certain sound, the call was to begin to set out. In other words, instead of running through the camp, imagine running through the camp of a few hundred thousand people. 
okay? You couldn't text somebody or call them going, hey, we're about to leave, pack up, you know? I mean, so when they hear those trumpets sound, they knew there was a certain sound that had to be sounded. That meant get ready, get, roll up your tents, get your herds together. We're getting ready to leave, okay? God's getting ready to move. And what's interesting is that blowing an alarm is different from blowing a sound for an assembly. Uh, according to Jewish tradition, an alarm consists of a number of short uh, staccato notes. They would, in other words, they would be like, like that. that. That's an alarm, okay? Whereas the sound for an assembly is a long, sustained sound. It's a long trumpet sound, one long blast that just goes on and on and on. So they were different, okay? And this brings me to the part that I want to get to, and that's the last two parts of the five things, essential parts. And the fourth one is this, that the trumpets were used to call the whole, the whole of Israel to war. Now, there's two aspects of this. In other words, there was a certain sound that was to be sounded to allow the people to know that they were about to go to war. They were either be, coming under attack or they were needing to defend themselves or those that were on the front lines, whatever, how, however they had it set up, there was a certain sound that went out that called the whole nation to, to ready for battle. Okay, so imagine the sound goes out, the soldiers, the men, the soldiers in the group, they get ready to go to battle, but the, the families, they're there. And their herds are there and their families are there and they're preparing for whatever the worst could be, okay? And so we have to understand that there was more than just the soldiers going out, just the men going out for battle. It involved everybody that was there. And so there's two different aspects of this. And the first one is this, it was a call to arms. When Israel was on the fringes of Canaan, uh, they battled the Midianites, a group of people called the Midianites, seduced, who seduced the people to worship Baal at a place called Peor. And the call to arms for this battle was made by the, bl the blowing of the sound of these two silver trumpets. And you can find that in Numbers 31 and 6. It says they went into battle, and when they went into battle, they went in carrying those two silver trumpets because they were there. I mean, as a kid, I remember watching westerns and things like that. When you'd see, you know, you'd see the the uh, the the, um, the cavalry coming, you'd hear, you'd see them blowing on their bugles, you know. And there were different sounds for different things. One meant charge, one was retreat, one was you know fall back, whatever. I mean, in the Revolutionary War, they used beats on a drum to signal things to the corps uh, of what they needed to do. So it was a call to arms that was made by the, these two drums, but it was also a call to God. Because verse nine says this, then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. It is a reminder to the people that God has vowed to fight for them in their battles against their enemies. So it, the sounding of the trumpets was not just to call the people to war, and to tell them battle was to take place. It was also a reminder that they had a covenant with God. And God said, when you sound those trumpets, I will hear them and I will come and rescue you. 
I mean, the sound of war is bad enough, right? Come on now. But to know that God has said, when you do this, I will come and defeat your enemies. I will come and rescue you. I will be there. So it was, it was a call to war, but at the same time going, and our God is coming to fight for us. Okay, that's important to understand that. Because some of you are probably thinking at this point, what does this have to do with 2021? We don't walk around with trumpets and we ain't carrying no swords. We ain't out in the wilderness and all that kind of stuff, okay? Well, I think to understand it, at least for me, the way the Holy Spirit began to show it to me was you have to go back and look at the statement God made before he gave the instruction. Now, what's interesting is he talks about making the two silver trumpets. Then he gives three reasons first. Then he makes a statement he inserts before the last two reasons for using the silver trumpets. Anytime that something is inserted in the middle of something else, it's because that is important to understand. Like if it's in a contract and they go, the following five things must be followed. One, two, three. Paragraph, <laughs> note, side note, important note, whatever you wanna call it. Um, there it is, it's inserted. Uh, by the way, the next two things are hinged upon this statement, okay? So that's what we're gonna, we, we're gonna see here because we've already looked at the first three things, but to understand how any of this has any impact on us or affects us, we have to go back and look at the verse before. In Numbers 10, verse eight, look what it says. Only the priests, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. Now, the, the Wednesday morning, I was here in prayer early that morning, and that's when the Holy Spirit began to speak this to me, and I began looking in the Word, and these things started to begin to flow. So this thing's been kind of simmering on the back pot you know, the stove for about seven or eight weeks. <laughs> and, um, and I really wanted to kind of preach this Sunday, but it was not, that's not where God was going and God was good and, and touched lives. So that's what was important. And so this fits perfectly for us tonight in prayer, but notice what it says. Only the priests were allowed to blow the silver trumpets, the descendants of Aaron's family. Only the priest, nobody else was allowed to touch it. You had to be a direct descendant of a priest to be allowed to touch it. And it was a permanent law. God established it as a permanent law from generation to generation with the promises. And so I began thinking about that. And I said, okay. So I began looking in the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, but you are a chosen generation, a what? A royal what? Priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Now the priests in the Old Testament were special because they were dedicated unto God. They were consecrated unto God. They were to carry out the priestly functions for all of the people of the nation of Israel, okay? It says here, it says you are a royal priesthood. You are, not going to be, you already are. 
Why? Because the high priest, Jesus Christ, is alive and sitting on the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for us and he's paid the price and he's brought us into the family and he is the, the prince of princes, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the priest of priests. And we are of his bloodline, okay? So he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. I began thinking some more. Revelation chapter 1, the last part of verse 5 and all of verse 6, look what it says. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. We could stop right there and that would be great. But look at the next line. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. By him dying on the cross and being raised from the dead again and, and ascending to heaven, he has made us, has made. We are, we just read, you are a chosen generation because he has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever Amen. So we are a kingdom of priests. We are, we are special unto the Lord, okay? Go back, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices. Because we're going to read in just a minute that they were to sound these trumpets at, at certain celebrations and feasts and, and, and over, over certain offerings and all of those things. But it says this, it says, you are being built up to be, to be a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's not through us. It's not through anything that we have. It's through Jesus Christ that we're able to do it. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we no longer have to sound silver trumpets. <laughs> I remember an evangelist who came to our church many, many years ago and he preached on this, this, uh, this chapter and he, he had everybody in the church going around going, doo -doo, doo -doo. I mean, he was like, sound your trumpet. He said, it was great, you know, I mean, everybody got into that, you know, and it's like for the next two or three weeks, every time somebody saw, how you doing today? Doo -doo. <laughs> <laughs> and if they weren't there, they thought you were nuts, you know. I mean, <laughs> like what, they've lost their minds, you know. Uh, but there is a principle here as priest unto God that applies. And this is the verse that jumped out at me when I saw this. Go back to verse 9. We read it earlier. Whenever you go into battle against an enemy attacking your land. That stood out to me. When you go into battle against an enemy, how many of you know you're gonna have a battle if you got an enemy? <laughs> and the enemy's gonna try and get the upper hand. But he says, when you go into battle against an enemy who is attacking your land, give a warning signal on the trumpets, then I, the Lord, will hear it and rescue you. That trumpet, God just spoke this to me that morning. He said, that trumpet is the sound of prayer. It is the sound of prayer. It is the sound of prayer. 
When you are in your land, when you are in your place, when you are in your God-given place, and the enemy is coming against you and he's attacking you, he says, you are to blow the trumpet and God says, I will rescue you. But well, I began to see here immediately, it's just like it's unfolded right before me. All of a sudden there was this natural progression here. The trumpet sound of prayer, okay? I'm in the possession, I have possession of my land, my place, my position, whatever it is. I mean, wherever it is that your enemy's coming against you, that's your place. God has established you, God has put you there, God has made a way for you to be there. That's the way that I look at it, okay? So I'm in my place, I'm being attacked by my enemy. I need to sound the trumpet. But the, I'm not going to go around going, doo, 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 you know, and the enemy's not scared of anybody doing that. But the sound of prayer is the trumpet. And God will rescue, and that's the answer to our prayer. Okay? Now, this prayer sound is not the sound of begging. I, I had to really put that in, think about it, because... Because so many Christians today, they're praying, oh God, oh please help us, Jesus. Oh Lord, don't you see what the devil's doing? Can't you please do something? Help, help, help. Oh do Lord, do something, do something, do something. That's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says that when Jesus, before he went to heaven, he looked at his disciples and those 500 people there on that hillside, and he says, I give you authority in my name. Ask, you shall do this, you shall do this, you shall do this, you shall do this. So here's what you, I want you to understand, that the sound of the silver trumpet was a strong loud, distinctive blast, okay? You didn't, you didn't hear those, the, 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 the priests that had those two silver trumpets, you didn't hear them going, doo -doo 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 you know, they weren't, they weren't like, no. there was, they were, I mean, they were letting that sound blast through the countryside. That sound was reverberating off the hills. It was a sound, of war, but it was a sound of victory because God said, when I hear that sound, I will come and rescue you. I'm gonna come to your aid. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna do what you cannot do. And when I saw that, I was just like, whoa. You know, and when the Israelites blew the trumpet, here's what's something else you need to understand. They didn't blow those two trumpets and they go, okay, let's go take a seat and see what God's gonna do. No, they, they took their position and they got their sword and they got ready to go forward. They didn't say, well, it's up to God now. We blew the trumpets. No, that's not the way it worked. Here's what they did. They, 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 they picked up their swords with confidence that the outcome was settled because of their relationship with God. It was already settled. It was already done. They were able to blow the trumpet because they had a covenant 
with God. God made the covenant. He said, you make the trumpets this way. This is when you blow them. This is how you blow them. And when you do this and you have an enemy attacking you in your land, you lift up the sound of a trumpet and I will come and rescue you. How many of you can see what I'm talking about tonight? This is the time for God's people to lift up the battle cry of prayer. This is not the time to wimp out on prayer. This is the time to press in. It's the most powerful weapon that in the Christian's arsenal, I'm telling you. And it, it's because we, can, we have a relationship with the living God. We have a covenant with God. He says, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. He doesn't wake up one day and go, you know, I'm really tired of dealing with these guys down there. They mess up so much, you know. No, he doesn't do that. This is the season for God's people to come together and sound the trumpet call in prayer. Because the scripture says, whenever you go into battle against an enemy attacking your land, it does not say if you decide to go into battle. He says, when you go into battle, I want you to get a better picture today. I want you to see something in your prayer life that when you pray, we're not, we're not praying these little mealy mouth, wimpy Mickey Mouse kind of prayers. We're, we're going to war. It's like sounding those two trumpets and that we're taking our place and we're taking the sword of God's word and we're getting ready. But as we lift up our voice in prayer and we begin to pray and, and God hears it, God is going to come and he's going to intervene. There's gonna be divine intervention. There's gonna be angelic visitation. There's going to be, I mean, people that are just changed, radically changed and they can't even explain why. Years ago when my wife and I were down in, uh, we were still living in Thibodeau, but we were starting a church in Vachery, Louisiana. And uh, uh, I didn't know in French what Vachery meant, it means laughing cow. And um, there's a whole line of cheese called laughing cow. And I said, well, that's Vachery. <laughs> and um, I, when I found that out, I said, it's almost like the devil was saying, ha, 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 you think you're gonna make a church? Nobody's been able to open a church here. But we knew God had sent us there. In the third week, uh, the third, we were meeting at somebody's house. The story is so great. I wish I had time to tell you the whole story, but we, I, I want us to get to prayer. But um, we're meeting at somebody's house. It was a small home. And, uh, but God spoke to the owner of the house weeks before, before anything was even... I started coming out on a Friday night doing a Friday night Bible study for all these Catholic folks in the community. And, and, and after three weeks, we had 50, 60 people coming on Friday nights. But God had spoke to them beforehand and said, you need to knock out the brick divider that they had kind of, it was in kind of a partial hall and you know, had poles going up, you know, in kind of an older brick home. He'd torn out those brick dividers and put in new flooring and everything because God had said, open, the, get ready to expand the base because God, I'm gonna use your house before we even knew anything. But on the third Sunday, I remember this so vividly, 
And I remember the third Sunday, I was praying in Thibodeau, and then I had to go 28 miles down the bayou to get to Vashery. And um, I remember praying, and I was walking back and forth and praying as I felt the Holy Spirit trying to lead me to pray. And all of a sudden, I said, God, I said, take the wheel, the, 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 drive, the steering wheel of people's cars and literally turn them around and bring them to the place where you want them, Lord. And I remember praying that, and then I stopped, and I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever prayed. And I prayed some dumb stuff. And then they turned, turned the steering wheel around. I said, what's that, you know? And, um, but, so I tried to put it out of my mind, but I couldn't get away from that. That was nagging me. And I, and I remember thinking, well, God, if you can do that, that'd be all right. Maybe send an angel to turn their car or something. I don't know, you know, but, but that's what I had prayed. Turn the steering wheel around. And that morning in the church, this church service, the third Sunday we were there, started with 36 people. The next week we had 50-something people. The next week we had 60-something people counting kids. And, we, and, and the house wasn't big enough for that, so we put kids on the back porch facing all the cows in the pasture and kids in the carport and, and that would leave enough room for the adults. And there's a young woman sitting on a folding chair in the living room of this, place, this house and she's sitting there like she's lost. And like, I don't, she's like looking around like, I don't even know why I'm here. And so at the end of the service, um, I said, is there anyone who needs prayer? And she raised her hand. And, and, um, and she begins by saying this, I need prayer or my mom needs prayer. But I gotta say, I don't even know how I got here. Cause the house was on a dead end street in the middle of cane fields. And, and, and I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how you got here? She said, you're not gonna believe this. I said, well, go ahead and try. She said, I was going to mass this morning and I came to the T in the road and the church is to, the big church is to the left. She said, but I saw a car go by with a couple in there that I knew from a nearby town. And I thought, that's strange. What are they doing over here early on a Sunday morning going that way towards the back towards the lake and where it, it dead ends and into Lake Desalmonds. So she said, I don't know. She had a left blinker on and she turned left and she said, as God is my witness, something took my steering wheel and turned me 360 degrees until I was going down the road trying to figure out where they went. And I'm winding down through the cane fields and all of a sudden I see three street, two streets of houses and I look and I see their car pulling in and putting their parking lights on. And she said, I just pulled in behind them and I followed them into this house. I don't even know how I got here. I said, I do. I prayed the craziest prayer this morning. And we are still such very close friends. I mean, 
I just wish I could tell you the whole story. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And how their parents came to Jesus and their brothers and sisters and kids and grandkids have come to the Lord and everything. But she says, something took the steering wheel of my car. And when I turned left, it just kept turning left until I was going in the other direction. I'm like, wow. And then I thought, whoa, be careful how you pray. <laughs> They'll be pulling wheelies in the middle of the parking lot, you know. I mean, you know, like, what are you doing? I don't know. Something's got me. I'm going, man. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just telling you. It's, he says, when you pray, understand how powerful your prayers are. Sound the trumpet. I don't care what enemies attacking you. I don't care what's coming against you. Sound the trumpet of prayer. God is going to fight for you. The last thing is that it says the trumpet was used to call the people to celebrate their victories through God. And this is the second aspect of the sounding of the silver trumpets by the priest. And that is praise. Prayer and praise. But in that order. Help let me, let me explain what I'm saying here. Because he, he said first, he said, if you're in your land and your enemy's attacking you, you sound a specific sound and I will remember my covenant and I will come and defeat your enemies. But it's after that that we read, we read it earlier in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are not just priests so you could sit back and go, I'm a priest of God. You are a priest of God that you might declare the praises. That means speak forth the praises, sound forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. And it goes on in verse 10 of Numbers chapter uh, he goes on and says, and also at your times of rejoicing, sound the trumpets while you offer sacrifices. This will be a reminder that I am the Lord. Praising God before, during, and after the battles. We, it reminds us of our relationship with God. You see, there have been times that I have found it difficult to pray. And so I have to switch gears over into praise. And sometimes what I found is that praise is like the battering ram that breaks through. But once I get through, I can't just praise. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You've got to pray. And, 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 but when we praise, it reminds us of our relationship with God. Before the battle, during the battle, after the battle, we praise him. We let that trumpet sound of praise go forth. And, and as I was thinking about this, I wrote this down. And the church is better at praise than it is at prayer. Unfortunately, praise can be used in spiritual battles. But the most powerful weapon that Jesus gave the church is the ability to pray. Okay? He said, my house shall be called a house of what? He didn't say a house of praise. He didn't say a house of worship. I love to worship. I love to praise. I love to shout. I love to clap my hands. I love to get excited. If you can't tell, I'm not an introvert. 
I mean, I, I love, I, I mean, that's yeah, great, it's awesome. But prayer, praise is no substitution for prayer. I'm just telling you, but they do work together. But it's an answer to prayer and sounding that trumpet of prayer that there's going to be the opportunity to sound the trumpet of praise. This is why at Life Church we're putting a prayer, we're putting prayer back on the front lines, back into the place of focus. A, a church can praise and a church can worship and a church can do acts of worship, uh, service. And all of those things are important, but the church that does not pray is a powerless church. I wish, he, Billy Graham said this, he said a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Well, if a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian, a prayerless church is a powerless church. And you can have all the money in the world and you can have all the influence and everything else, but you will not break down spiritual battles and spiritual warfare and spiritual walls because that's what is needed for people's lives to be changed. It's time to sound the trumpet of prayer. I'm telling you, that's why on Sunday mornings we're putting prayer in, in, right on the platform up front. We could sing for an hour, hour and a half, but we're going to pray and we're going to and mean it. Wednesday nights, our focus here is prayer. We're teaching, we're worshiping, but we're going to pray because what prayer is, is, is it's like imagine having the most powerful weapon in the world and using instead to use a water pistol. It's prayer. We need to sound the trumpet of prayer. As Pastor Josh always says, this is the time that you can participate. We participate together and we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer. And um, I'm gonna ask Brother Andrew to come also and pray but I, I, I felt impressed to also that if you feel spirit directed, Holy Spirit directed to pray in a specific topic, I'm not talking about you got a hangnail or a, something like that. I'm talking about an area that God has burdened you I mean, and, it, it, and, and I don't know how to say it, not a personal thing. You know, not that that's not important, having people pray with you for personal needs and things like that. This morning, that's what I did. I, I had a list of people I was praying for. I don't usually do that on Wednesday, but that's the way I felt led this morning. But if you have an area that you feel inspired by the Holy Spirit to come and pray, We'll open this microphone to you because this is not about me praying. This is not about Andrew praying or just a few people praying. It is about all of us praying. Now the Bible says when we pray and we agree together, there's power in agreement. And so when one person's praying 
and leading in that direction, you pray in that direction. Or if, if you can't do anything else, then, but just say, amen, God. I agree with that, God. I stand with them, Lord. I, I agree with it. That's, that's the place to start. Turn my other microphone off here. <laughs> so I want to start out tonight and ask if you would join me. I, I wrote a few things down simply because I would forget. <laughs> and um, But I, I've just been so burdened to see the fire of God ignite pulpits across this nation. We got too many churches that are like God's chosen frozen. And that's because the pulpits are not fire, the pulpits are ice. And I don't know how God will do that, but that's what is on my heart tonight. One of the things on my heart that God would ignite pulpits across this nation. It may be that the ones who fill that pulpit in a certain church that person steps aside and someone steps up anointed of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray. Now, like we say all the time, you can get up, you can walk, you can kneel, you can sit, you can whatever you want, but we're going to pray. Would you join with me? Can you believe that God could ignite pulpits across America with people with the fire of God burning, with the passion of God burning in their hearts in such a way that when they walk out, I never forget John Osteen told the story of how he had been a Southern Baptist preacher for 20 plus years. He got so discouraged, he quit the ministry, went into business, but he couldn't get away from the call of God. And he was so hungry for a move of God in his life. He told his leadership board, he said, he said, I don't know where it's going to lead me. I don't know what it's going to happen, but I am going to go after this until I find what I'm looking for. And he told the story of how the Holy Spirit came on him in a service one night in a different denomination. And that Sunday, he didn't tell anybody. And he got up in, in his church and he preached. And John Osteen was a fireball preacher. And he, but he preached, he preached. And when he got done, before he could finish praying with people at the altar, he turned in his leadership council, was standing off in the side wings going, you got it, you got it, help us get it too. All they had... All that happened was God put fire in that man's heart and that church exploded. Father, we just come to you tonight. And we know that your word says that our God is a consuming fire. You are a consuming fire. And so, Father, when we say we ask for the fire of God to come into the pulpits, we're praying for you to melt the hearts of those who stand behind that sacred desk every week who have drawn together and put together their little 
devotionettes, their little sermonettes. That God, you would absolutely wreck them. You would absolutely flip their lives inside out and upside down. Reveal yourself in such a way that God, they would, they would actually build a monument into that place. They would say, and in this place, I met God. And that Father, that they would walk into their pulpits without even saying a word by opening their mouths and beginning to preach the holy unction of God would come forth the word of God would be manifested in their midst and the people would hear them and say we have never heard teaching or preaching like this before for that's what they said in the days that your son Jesus walked the earth and the people were stirred and a hunger grew as one by one they left everything behind and followed you. Jesus, we've built enough kingdoms and names of ministries and names of ministers and organizations and they've done little to nothing for eternal causes. But God, if you could get the heart of one man or one woman and light them on fire for you, they would be like an eternal torch, Lord God. And the lives they would touch, mm, the lives they would touch. Send it, Lord, across this nation. Every denomination, every non-denominational church. It doesn't matter what the title is on the door. It doesn't matter what the name is on the sign. God, send the fire of the Holy Ghost. As you did on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire came upon the 120. And the noise of heaven was heard and thousands came. Oh, Jesus. Send the fire of your spirit across this nation. For the time is short and the need is great. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I agree, Lord. I agree, God, Lord. Bring personal revival to the fivefold ministry in our nation. Bring personal revival, God. Stir them, Lord. Those who are about to give up in ministry, I speak on this Wednesday night that they will not give up in ministry, that they will be visited by the Holy Spirit. They will be visited. They will have a dream. They will have a vision. They will have an angelic visitation. They will have you come and speak to them and breathe life to them and set them free and set them anew. I agree with this intercession on a national scale, God. Go and do it, Lord. Release, O oh God. Such a move of God to those pastors who need, who need the Lord. We are raising the trumpet right now for them. Where they are tired and where they are in a coma, we are asking you to intervene and wake them up, O oh God. We need you to do this, Lord. We need you. We thank you for this, Lord. We bless that, Lord. I bless this impartation to the call to prayer tonight. I feel it in the air, God. I feel it, God. My body 
vibrates with the intercession and the call to prayer, Lord. And in here, people are responding to it. People felt it, God. People feel it, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that this season of their life, they will dedicate to prayer, God. They will have such powerful prophetic prayer come upon their lives, Lord. Yes. Lord, we just come right now, Father, Lord, that in the kingdom of God, Lord, you, Lord, we are, we are interceding right now. We are going to be priest right now for new believers, God. For the new believers in our church, we just had baptism. Lord, the, there is a battle for them to get them there, and then there's a battle for them to stay there. And we engage in that second war right now for them. The new believers that are a week, a month, a six months, a year old, and they're fighting and that they're going through their testing, let them win in Jesus' name. Empower them. Lord, you have done great things for new believers, but the enemy is a deceiver. Lord, let them not forget what you have done for them. Let them not forget, Lord. Keep them humble and keep them looking up because they will get through it and they will bear fruit and their fruit will remain. We pray that for new believers right now, those who have been baptized, you know those, Lord. You don't want any to fall through the cracks. You love strong Christians and you love weak Christians, God. And Lord, we strengthen the weak in our prayers right now, Father. Move upon them, encourage them, God, to not look back, that they will have, they will not have the heart of Lot's wife. They will not look back. They will not look back in Egypt and they will continue into their promised land, God. They will succeed in Jesus' name. Give them power to let ungodly friends go. Give them power to let the those those deceitful friends go from their lives. The young teenagers that want to live for Jesus Christ in our church, Lord, let those people go, Lord, that they will they will lose interest and break those soul ties, that they can make it in the kingdom of God, Lord. Lord, those who have a drug past, that they can let that system go, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father. Empower them, Lord. Empower the young believers of our church, God, that they may prosper, that they may grow, Lord, that their anointing can grow upon their lives, and the demonic powers, the networks, will lose power over their lives, God. We thank you, Father, for our young believers, God. We thank you that there will be more added to the church, oh God, whether it is our church or the church internationally, God. We thank you, Father, for our precious new believers. And I also intercede for those who are discouraged right now that are wanting to give up in our church. Lord, I pray you will encourage the discouraged, oh God, that you will come in and encourage them and that tomorrow will be a new day, God, that joy will come in the morning. Lord, that you will give them strength, God, to go through, that they will answer the call to prayer and that they will stand and fight and that they will not be taken down. They will not be tricked by the deceiver, God. We pray, Father, encourage those who need encouragement. Even in this room, there are people that really need encouragement. 
we speak the the spirit of joy to come upon them right now those in this room that really need a fresh touch of encouragement that are discouraged lord i pray that they will have a single focus god lord you will remember god remind them of their promises god that you have for them we just thank you for that in your precious precious name lord I felt impressed to ask the Lord. The Bible says the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the field. So God, there's a need for laborers, but I felt especially directed to pray that God would raise individuals up with the gift of intercession. This is not a light thing. This is not, it's not, I'm just, we can all pray and we can all intercede, but the gift of intercession is a powerful, powerful gift. But those individuals that God calls and uses in that way, they lose their life in it. I'm telling you, they, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but when that spirit of intercession comes, they, they groan, they literally groan, cannot even hardly get the words out as they're travailing in, in, in prayer. And, and, and uh, there was a time many years ago in my early walk with God that I saw this manifested time and time and time and time and time again. And it just seems of late that it's, it's, it's lacking. And, and God said, you have not because you ask not. And so I pray that God would, let's pray for laborers to go into the field, but especially that God would raise those up with the gift of intercession. It's a, it's a ministry gift. That's, it, that's all I can say, it's a ministry gift. And it's, it's a difficult one. But God gives grace to those he calls them to. So Father, we come to you tonight and you said pray for laborers. The harvest is rotting, Lord. The harvest needs to come in, but there's so few laborers. There's so many sitting in our churches that are self-content as they are and that they feel like that everything is geared towards them and they have forgot the mission. And they have forgot the call to go and make disciples, to go and convert and make disciples, Lord. So we pray that you would raise those up who would answer the call to the harvest field. The harvest field may be in their backyard. It may be at their workplace. It may be in the school. It may be in the the organization they belong to. It may be at their business. It may be wherever, but God, you've called them and God raised them up to be laborers for you. For the harvest is, is plentiful and it's ready. And it's just needing workers. Lord, we're seeing this in the natural realm. Businesses can't find workers uh, because they're, they're being 
subsidized, they're lazy, they, they, want, they want money for doing nothing. And, and, and so jobs are going unfulfilled. God, let it not be so in the church. Let, let the mindset be changed and our direction and focus be changed. That it's not about us, it's those around us. Let us see and let us hear and let us feel as you do, Lord God, that we might see the mission field. And then I just pray on top of that, God, I believe it's, you're gonna need to raise up a new generation of those with the gift of intercession who are willing to lay it down, who are willing to sacrifice the time to, to come into your presence and, and to groan and travail in prayer. <laughs> to travail. The church today, Lord God, as a whole, we, we, we drive by and we don't, we don't see a world that's lost. We don't see family and friends that are lost. We don't see schoolmates that are lost. We don't see our friends who are lost. We're just content. God changed that. That we would be gripped by the Spirit of God. And that our hearts would be overwhelmed and overtaken by the lostness of those who are around us. And that we would grieve and we would call upon you, God, to do mighty and marvelous things. We rejoice at one or two or three or four, but the harvest is a thousand times that and more. Let us open our eyes and let us see, let us believe and let us sound the trumpet in prayer. This is God send forth laborers, bring forth the harvest, bring forth the harvest, bring forth the harvest. For your kingdom's sake, we pray. Amen. Yes, Lord, I just want to tap that. I want to touch that again. Lord, about intercession, Lord, that we will be eternally minded, God. That, Lord, that we will invest in intercession and prayer like never before. Lord, that we will give ourselves over to it. As there is such a battle for the temporarily, for the way of the flesh, for the way of comfort. Lord, help us, God, to make decisions to give ourselves over to intercession because people really depend upon us to do it. People really do. There are people who don't have a shot at making it. But with the intercessor, there is always that person that can pull them out. Prayer can come and God can move upon people. Help us to have this soberness, God, to commit our time. Time is precious. Every hour is precious. Every day is precious. Every week, it's, it's not long. It will not be long till we are all in heaven. We, it will be done. It will be sealed. There will be no more intercession. There will be no more opportunity it will be over that season will be over help us god to not look back and regret 
2021 and 2022, this specific time, help us, oh God, to sow into it every day. Even tonight as we go, we make commitments, God, to begin to up it a little more, to begin to do something that we've never done before. Lord, there's, there's elements of ministry that require boldness. Help us to be bold, even tonight, to come up and pray. There are people here, you are called to intercession and prayer. You have a place to pray here. You have a place to proclaim there is an authority when you are leading prayer. There just is. There just is. And that you are going to release things that others won't release. And we just speak that, that they will be true laborers. As a woman is giving birth, you will give birth in prayer. You will give birth. You will give birth. You will see what your birthing will do one day. You will see. And you will see your commitment to long prayers and what they've done. The prayers that you have prayed for, for days and years even. You're going to see the fruit of that. And it's going to be just like Hannah. That God is not only going to give you a son, he will give you a prophet. He will give you something extraordinarily even greater. He will not only give you a lost loved one, but we will believe he will give you a lost lo loved one that will shake the nations. Lord, there are modern Billy Grahams that are needed. Billy Graham is gone. God is lifting and dropping more mantles for this season. And in fact, even more because this is the end. This is the end. Lord, we pray into Israel in Jesus' name. I feel that we are going to touch Israel. There are a lot of prayer and intercession. We pray for our loved ones. But Israel is an international place to pray for. This is God's nation. And when we pray for Israel, it is a place of intercession that is marked in the history of time for us to birth a revival in Israel. They're God's chosen people. It is marked. He, does, he asked not to pray for any nation except Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem right now, Father. We ask you that you will begin to send dreams and visions to Jews all over the world. Lord, that you will begin to encounter, Lord, Jewish people, God. You will bring them down, Lord. You will speak to them that Yeshua will visit them in a dream, in a vision, God. Lord, save Israel, God. You are coming back to Israel one day. You are going to come back to Israel, Lord. I pray, God, that you will begin to release this move of God of Israel. Everything is centered around Israel, God, in the end times, God. And, Lord, it, it is everything. There is a focus point. It is an oven over there in the spirit realm, God. We thank you, Father. I pray for uh, Jim and Shani, God, uh, missionaries in Israel, God, such key players in the kingdom of God at the end times, Lord. I pray, Father, give them spiritual strategies, God, in their worship ministries, in their networking, in their home churches, God, Lord. We pray for that, Lord. You will begin to take the curse and the blinders off the people of Israel, God. 
We pray that, Lord, that there will be Jewish rabbis come to know Jesus Christ, God, that there will be a shifting that we have not seen in 2,000 years amongst the Jewish religion, God, that they will begin to not renounce their faith. They will just receive Yeshua into the mix. They will receive him as the, as the true sacrifice, God, as the true sacrifice, and I feel the Holy Ghost on that. You long for your Jewish people to receive that, Lord. And, Lord, we have been engrafted in, and we are grateful. We are grateful that you have received us, O oh God. We thank you, Father, Lord. And I just encourage anybody that wants to come up and take the mic and intercede. God's put something on your heart, as, as Pastor has said. You do that. Do that in Jesus' name. Would you agree with me tonight that for an increase in an outpouring of heavenly signs and wonders and that they be confirmed, this is what I'm looking for. I don't need to have confirmation when I see God at work. But the unbelievers and those of little faith, confirmation blows away the doubts and the hesitation that they have. And that's how I felt impressed for heavenly signs and wonders to be poured out with confirmation. Father, in Jesus' name, we've prayed that you would rend the heavens and come down, that you would open the heavens, Lord God, and pour out your power, manifest that the nations of the earth would tremble at your name. Father, I pray that not only the nations of the earth, but the, that, that the, the kingdom of darkness would tremble at your name. For your name in the mouth of the youngest of believers who's simple enough to believe in who you are and what your word says is like a, a nuclear bomb in the spiritual realm when they use the name of Jesus. You said that we must be like children to see and to enter into the kingdom. God, give us that mindset that we would simply believe. And we're asking for heavenly signs and wonders that would be poured out in such ways that God, they cannot be discounted. They cannot be denied. They cannot be written off. They cannot, Lord God, just be washed away or pushed to the side, that God, it would stick in their minds and, and it would haunt them, if I can put it that way, that they would say, I have seen something and I cannot explain what it is. And the Spirit of God inside will say, it was me, it was God, it was Jesus, the name of Jesus. 
They may walk away scoffing and they may walk away mocking and they may walk away seemingly unchanged. But when they lay their, oh, when they, they lay their head down at night, God, it will be on their mind. It'll be the last thing on their mind and it'll be the first thing when they wake up. All through the day, they will say, how can that be? How can this be? How can this be? How can this be? And they will come and they will simply hear, it was Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. God, we've heard of the nations of the earth, how those especially in the Middle East, they're hearing, they're having encounters with angels. They're, they're, they're saying that a man would appear to them and say, go to this house and they will tell you that how you might be saved. And they're going to the house of ministries in the Middle East, Lord God, where they're putting their lives on the line and they're saying that one named Jesus told them to come. God, I understand the need in the Middle East. I understand that that, that demon that, that rules, the prince of Persia that rules over that area. But God, there's one in the United States that needs to be broken. And it's the spirit of unbelief and the spirit, God, that just derides the move of God. And what's sad is we have pastors and ministers and reverends and priests and rabbis standing in pulpits mocking the very word of God. Father, I pray that, Father, if they're going to mock your word, that if you're not going to, to intervene in their lives, that Father, like the the father of John the Baptist, when he, he doubted and he mocked what you said was gonna be, his mouth was sealed until that, that time in which his son was born and the time came to offer him in circumcision. And then his mouth was opened. Oh. I pray, God, you move in such a way right in the middle of some churches, Lord God, that it would just shut the mouths of the critics. It would shut the mouths of those who say, I don't, that doesn't happen today. God, show them it happens today. Do it, Lord. Do it. Do it. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, for your glory. That's what we're asking for your glory, not for our glory. We're not building a kingdom. We're preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. evangelistic team from Life Church is going out Friday night. Does anybody here want, want to lead in prayer for that? I mean, I can pray. That's no big deal. But I, I want to give you an opportunity. Anybody want to pray? Pray for them as they go out on the streets. Come on.
come to you and thank you so much for this wonderful group, this wonderful church, first of all, of people that you've gathered together to learn about evangelism, about going to the streets, about going to the dark places and bringing your light. Yes. And Lord, we are going downtown, the heart of Lafayette, where there will be darkness surrounding us wherever we go. But you know what, Lord? Where you are, there's light, and the darkness can't stay. And so, Lord, I ask even now that you would send high-ranking angels there to prepare the way for us to chase the darkness out of the streets and out of downtown where we will be. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would show us exactly where you want us. We ask for divine appointments, that you would bring the people to us, and not only those that are needing free prayer as we are offering, but those that need to be delivered, those that need to be set free of any kind of drugs or alcohol or depression or fear or anxiety, anything that's got them bound, Lord, we ask that you would bring them to us. We ask, Lord, that the team would walk confidently and boldly in the power that you have given us, Lord, to be able to call out demons, to be able to cast out fear and addiction. And most of all, most of all, Lord, I ask that you would open the people's ears to hear Jesus is alive, that they would hear that Jesus saves, that they would hear that Jesus loves them, and that he is, that you are alive today, Jesus, and that you will not turn your back on them, for you know the plans that you have for them of a future and a hope. And Lord, we trust in you that you would strengthen the team, that you would help us to come against any attacks of the enemy that are going to try attacking us in the next few days before we go. And Lord, we just trust in you that you are going to bring the people to us. Those divine appointments, we're going to see salvations, we're going to see even people getting the gifts of the Spirit, Lord Jesus, and speaking in tongues. We're going to see that happen. Signs and wonders with proof of or evidence confirmation, Lord Jesus. We know that you can do it, and we thank you, and we want to give you all the glory, Lord, all the glory for yes. what you're going to do Friday night. And we praise you, and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Won't you stand together? Hallelujah. I want you to pray, and I want you to see those silver trumpets. I want you to pray sounding that blast, that sound, let it ring through the kingdom of darkness. Pray with boldness because it's a reminder that God has said, if you'll sound it, I'll come to your rescue. I will deliver you. I will defeat your enemies. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the fellowship that we have with you the relationship we have with you we thank you for the relationship we have with one another lord god and so father i thank you for this time now as they leave this place let their hearts be lifted up they came in tired i pray that they be refreshed in body and mind and spirit give them good rest if they're going to sleep tonight if they're having to work tonight then god 
Keep them awake and let them be refreshed and minister to those that they're around. But Father, we thank you and we praise you and we're believing for testimonies. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies that we overcome. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hope to see you Sunday. <laughs>